0: And good afternoon. It is Hump Day, folks. I'm your host, Colette Williams, along with my wonderful host, Dr. Corliss Bennett. And we've got a surprise host this afternoon. As I said earlier, none other than Dr. Theta Redwine. She'll be here with us this afternoon. We've got a great show. We're going to be on the hot topics. Lots of things going on in the state in the country, and around the world. And we're going to have a great conversation about the hot topics. Be with us this afternoon. We'd like for you to join the show, join the conversation. Go to itrnradio.com. Click on join, listen, click on the Zoom. You can listen right here live at itrnradio.com. This is where we talk to you, for you, with you, and about you. And you know it's all good you know it's all good. We've got a great conversation. We want you to join in. We want to get your opinion. We don't want to be here just talking amongst ourselves. We want to know what you're thinking about. What's on your mind? How do you think we can change the narrative in our communities? We've got to stop complaining, and we've got to get to work. We have to stop complaining. We've got to produce. We have to be productive. We cannot complain about the trajectory of, if we're not willing to change the narrative. So how's it going? Corliss P Bennett?
1: Well, um <clears throat> my voice is a little crazy. Um I've been I've been fighting a head cold. So I really? sounded kind on of, Oh yeah, I sounded kinda of crazy on Monday's show. Um yeah, it's just been all up in here and so that's why I kinda of sound funny. But yeah, I basically I'll have a meeting and then I'll go lay back down and then I get up and <laughs> have another meeting and go lay back down. But yeah, I'm just a oh, no. little, mm-mm, but I mean, now it's better. Um, had pressure behind my eyes since Saturday and all day Sunday. And it was just like, are you kidding me right now? And then all of a sudden it just kind of released. And so I've just been blowing my nose, blowing my nose, blowing my nose. Today I haven't been blowing my nose as much, which is great. So I know it's, it's working through, but.
0: Oh my gosh. What are yeah. you
1: taking? Yeah. Um, I'm not. I When I went to the pharmacy to pick up my other um, you know, uh, medications, he told me to make sure I was taking my Flonase. He says it's allergies, and so mm. yeah. And I'm like, but I'm on allergy medicine. But again, I mean, I, I survived last year's allergies. But maybe to maybe this year, there's a lot of wind. The weather changes. It's hot, then it's cold. Then you go into the air conditioner, you come back out, and so and that's all I can um, blame it on at this moment. But but well, I mean, you, to,
0: you should you should bone up on immunity, and you can get them in gummies. You should also bone up on CBD because what you need to do is strengthen your immune system. You've got to strengthen your immune system. So whether you have allergies, hopefully it's not a head cold, your immune system will carry you through all of that and will guard you against that. So I've been taking, I took zinc this morning. I took C twice. I took D3 twice. I have uh, e I'm now going to start taking black seed oil. You should be taking black seed. You should be also be taking ashwagandha. You should all, You should really be taking ashwagandha, zinc, edelberry, D, D3, B, and C. That's I, what take, you need I take a thousand me.
1: milligrams of C every day. This you
0: take first, more than a thousand. You this take is the first
1: time I've been sick or had any kind of elements in two years, <laughs> so I think I'm doing pretty good. I also take echinacea twice uh, twice a day. Like yeah, echinacea is morning. good, but they you know, like usually. But I changed. I changed um, climates. You know, I went to San Diego area, Oceanside, Carlsbad last week to have a mother daughter trip with my mom and my sister. My mom hadn't been out in five years since she was home taking care of my dad so it was a lot it was cooler there you know near San Diego and right there the water or the ocean I should say was right there and I I didn't have my jacket on in the evening thinking I was still in LA or anywhere else and that I think is what did it that that change of climate um and not having my jacket on and I was like I could feel it I was like oh man I messed up so you know again I haven't been sick in two years, maybe more than two years, definitely I haven't been sick since my transplant, which was in March of 2019. So I, I'm, a, I'm boned up on, on batter, on um, vitamins. Like you said, I do B12, I do B6, I do D3. Like I said, I have a thousand milligrams of C and I take that echinacea, but I know exactly. I was, when I, when I got back inside the, um, timeshare and I started kind of feeling kind of, you know, how you feel kind of, it, you know, itchy or your throat. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, damn it. I didn't have no jacket on. Oh boy. But you know, like I said, I've been doing good. I haven't been sick in two years. So I, I kind of knew exactly that that was it. The climate change for me and I wasn't, I wasn't prepared and wow. I should have had that jacket on when I was outside, but it was so beautiful. Um, and I needed that rest. I still didn't get enough rest. I think it's because it's three of us and my mom's like, Hey, you know, what are we doing? And my sister's like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, okay, this is not rest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to go somewhere by myself and have that. I like when I go somewhere by myself and have that change of scenery, because again, being at home and everything on this couch uh, for work and then turning off the computer at five and I'm still at home on the couch. So it's just a little bit different, uh, you know, dealing with that since COVID. But I, I did have an opportunity to go to the Juneteenth celebration in the San Fernando Valley and, um, it was very nice. Nobody, I heard, I heard that Lamarck Park was like thick. I, I didn't go, but people were saying folks were all on top of each other. Of course, some had masks, some didn't. I went, I went out there too. I can't figure the name of the park there right off the um, 405, but it, everybody was spread out. You know, there were booths. Um, I was there to support the NAACP um, because they had a booth there. And it was, it was just, it, you know, I don't know what it was, but I was just so happy to see people like in person. And if I saw somebody I'd be like, Oh my God, and you kind of bump your shoulder, I mean elbow. And it's just like to see people in person. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just goofy, but I was so, I was sitting there just so excited watching the little kids run by the balloon fights and just the music was going and, um, my sorors, my uh, uh, sorors, a Delta Sigma Theta sorority incorporated were there and they paid one of our songs that we do a routine to uh, people call it strolling. And so I strolled with them, you know, for a song and it was just like, it was cool. I'm for me, I don't think we're back to normal. I don't think we'll ever get back to normal. I think we have a new normal. And I, and I'm, and I'm, what I don't like as we talk about current events is that Everybody's acting like COVID is gone. Okay, we're open and we're great and such and such. And I'm like, COVID is not gone, people. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, COVID is not gone. And we still need to take precautions. I will be wearing a mask till the day I die, period. Because I cannot, I cannot get COVID and I cannot get, first of all, as Corliss, make sure when you, you know, something's wrong, you cannot get pneumonia because it's going to be all bad. Well, I can't get COVID either. Because I don't know with the, um, uh, compromise immune system if I would make it. So I w- I will be wearing my mask and I've got cute little mask. I've got sparkle mask. I'm like, Hey, psh, I, uh-uh, I don't know. I don't know about y'all because half the folks have taken it, which is fine. And I was reluctant. Trust me. I was reluctant, but my oncologist was like, Corliss, um, I'm gonna need you to get the vaccination. Okay, fine. So I did the vaccination at the city of hope. Um, and then I hear that half of the world has, half of the United States has done it, or maybe it's just California. I know I just heard fifty percent. And then I heard that there were people who didn't go back for the second shot. Ooh, earthquake! Did you feel that?
0: I see it. Yeah, I see that I see your, your stuff moving. Yeah, I see it.
1: Oh, that wasn't cute. It was a, ooh. Okay, now see people who are. Online, now, I don't feel it here. I, I just, oh, you saw my reaction.
0: Yeah. Wow. yeah.
1: And it was a, it was enough to go you know whoa this
0: is yeah because I saw the movement I saw the this movement this is crazy that
1: yeah, just our, saw our the listeners move- that are all around the world you just experienced <laughs>
2: I saw the movement too
1: yeah you I, did, too? I was I like did, yeah. you know because what you do is you wait and then and if it doesn't get any further then you sit back down and keep talking like I'm doing. That's a native. Yeah, from you'll get an
0: aftershock, but I'm up in out in Pasadena, in Arcadia, yeah, Pasadena, yeah, maybe so it's, centered, it's not up it's here. So it must okay. be centered down there.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure my, my phone will let us know momentarily. But yes, so we do have earthquakes in California and there. Of course you but do. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, this, this I, I don't know. I just, I, I have been out to dinner. No, I'm going out frightening. No, I've, I've been out to dinner before when, you know, when this, you know, they have it every two tables so i mean everybody has been doing great i just feel like they should not have said anything about those damn masks
0: well if they had i think... never
1: said anything i would feel better i mean i'm still going to wear mine but for y'all to say okay it's okay and i'm like no stupid why would you
0: oh that well let me so tell great. you what's even stupider than that <laughs> i went to the emergency room the other night i think it was sunday night And do you know that there is a sign at Huntington Hospital that says you can enter mask or no mask? Now, at a
1: hospital, now that should be the last place it would say.
0: Yes. And that was only in one place. I didn't see it throughout any other departments, but they did say it. Now I did go to LaMert Park on Saturday.
1: How was it? Was it thick?
0: It was, it was not the typical thick. But it was too thick.
1: It was thick enough. And
0: I went into weekend because oh, exactly. I knew I could get away from the crowd. Right. And I stayed in weekend purposefully. And then when it was time to leave and I finished talking to Dr. Dove, we're out of here. Right. I did, really didn't want to go, but I went with my daughter and my granddaughter. I'm
1: surprised that you went because I know and that's because not.
0: because I, 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 no, too many people.
1: Yeah.
0: Too many people. And when I tell you nobody had on a mask, nobody had on a mask. Too many people. And you can just tell by the environment and the atmosphere that they didn't care. That as far as they were concerned, they didn't need a mask, didn't want a mask, didn't bring a mask, ain't going to put on a mask. Don't worry about it because they... We're going to do it on their own. Oh, this ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. I could see without hearing that, that that was the attitude. I could just see it. And I thought, nope. So I think we may have been there maybe an hour. But I said, I'm not staying here. In fact, I want to say it was an hour. It was about an hour. And I had no intention on going there and staying and being involved in that. And people were everywhere. And there may have been, okay, a thousand people out there. That's too darn many people. And we are not over COVID. COVID ain't over. You have not heard, you have not seen, nobody told you that COVID was over. Right. Nobody said COVID is over. Nobody said we're done. COVID didn't turn around and say bye. Right. Okay it hasn't happened and here is the tracker right here at least one dose 100 is that 170 65.6 percent of adults in the country have had at least one vaccination community transmission is moderate administered that's 319,872,053 administered, delivered 378,882,200. So, so it's not
1: like there's not a, there's not enough shots. You That's see not that. enough.
0: That's not enough. That's not enough. It's still only 45%. Wait, slow down, of slow population. down, Kenny. Okay,
1: what's this part right here? People vaccinated, and then people fully vaccinated. See? Y'all know that.
0: Yeah, only 45% oh. of the total population. The first column
2: is at least one dose. The second column is both doses.
0: Right. So fully vaccinated, that's only 45%. And they were looking forward to herd immunity. And I just heard on the news last night that the country will, I think it was the state, will not reach herd immunity until August. But Huntington Hospital, where I get my vaccine and I have to go for the second one on Monday, they closed down right after Monday. They closed down on the 1st. So... They're shutting down vaccination sites and everybody hasn't been vaccinated. So they're shutting it down. Now, when you got your vaccination, did they ask you about your insurance?
1: Uh, no, I got it done at City of Hope. So I'm assuming, I, I don't know if it's open to anyone, because there it, it was hardly, in barely a wait. I signed this paper, walked through that door, boom, bam. Okay, go Me to too. So I think, I think I'm going to assume, don't, don't. Don't, um, <clears throat> excuse me, don't call me on this, but I think it was only for City of Hope patients. I don't think it was average. I never heard anything on the news that it was advertised at City of Hope. I might be wrong. And maybe that's why it wasn't like 50 million people in line, but I did it at City of Hope. So no, no, they, they did not ask me for insurance cards. I think they assumed that I'm a patient.
0: Well- In the, uh, ball, at, head, I,
1: in the ball head, probably assumed it too.
0: Well, at Huntington Hospital- The girl asked if I had insurance. I said, yes, but I also understand that the vaccinations are free. She says, yes, but we do ask if you have insurance. That's part of the protocol. I said, oh, okay, that just tells me that that's about dollars and cents. Mm. She just smiled. And that's, that's a fact. It's about dollars and cents. So it's not about making sure that the population is fully vaccinated. It's about dollars and cents. So I told her, yeah, I have insurance, but I'm not giving you my insurance because the vaccination is free everywhere, everywhere.
1: I'm not sure, I mean, I was at Walgreens, like I said, picking up, I went inside- They're free
0: at Walgreens.
1: And I saw a guy that was getting it because I didn't see what he did before. Like, I don't know if he filled out paperwork or whatever. I just know I saw him kind of go behind the little curtain. So I'm not sure if that's something they would ask at a Walgreens or CVS either. I don't know, but they did ask me
0: if I I had insurance. She didn't ask me for proof of insurance. She asked if I had it. Mm. And I told her, yes. I said, but the vaccination is free. She says, oh yeah, it's free, but we still have to ask. It's part of the protocol. And that's when I said, oh yeah, it's about dollars and cents. And that's all it is. It's about dollars and cents. So the vaccination is free. From what I understand, the vaccination is free wherever you go regardless to whether or not a person has insurance or not the vaccination is free that's from the government right so I, it's it's part of the protocol and it's simply about dollars and cents because that's the real reason for all of this dollars and cents right it's really about dollars and cents but saturday It was bittersweet. It was a double-edged sword. And I knew as soon as COVID vaccines are free. See? So you
1: were saying, what did you say about Saturday was a double-edged sword?
0: Yeah. No matter what anyone tells you, you can't buy COVID-19 vaccines online. And there's no out-of-pocket cost to get the shots. Wait, there was something
1: going around saying you can buy it? What did you say? I'm like, okay,
0: hold on. Scammers are doubling down on their efforts to scan people out of their money and personal information. That's why the FTC and the National Association of Attorneys General are teaming up to remind you, no matter what anyone tells you, you can't buy COVID-19 vaccines and there's no out-of-pocket cost to get the vaccination. No out-of-pocket cost to get the shots. Don't pay to sign up for the vaccine. Don't pay out of pocket for a vaccine. Ignore online ads, social media posts, or phone calls from people offering to sell you COVID-19 vaccines. See, they need to have
1: a commercial. Nobody's nobody's just going to go to this website. They need to have a commercial that says that. Okay, this just in. So now, I mean, y'all saw stuff shaking. Um, Did you feel it? 3.4 magnitude earthquake struck. uh, 2.4 Two point four miles northeast of El Segundo, so that's probably Ooh. why you didn't feel it. That's probably why you didn't feel it because it's right. up it's up the street from me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, and it
0: it is as as they say, this is earthquake weather.
1: Yeah. We yeah, it's supposed to be hot. They were talking about how hot it was going to be, and then it was like, mm, this is not hot. Then cold. Then 70,
0: cold. 70 yeah.
1: degrees.
0: But anyway, going, <laughs> yeah. going back as to the, they uh, say. Folks, as they say, folks like to buy the weather in California. Yeah, Okay, y'all. Anyway, please. Anyway, I'm so glad that Theta Redwine is with us. Dr. Redwine, thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Very good. I know. You. I wish you could turn on your camera, but you will not let us do that. If... Not huh. today. Not oh. today, not
1: today.
3: Girl. I'm
0: and running.
3: Is- but I did have a couple of comments I did want to make. And everybody knows that I'm in Texas, and you know that we're under Abbott, who was among the first to remove the mandate. Uh So in hospitals and in governmental buildings, they can't mandate that you wear a mask. Mm -hmm. But the grocery stores can, and the grocery stores can mandate that we're kind of all over the board here. Some want you to wear it regardless and others say, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear it. Well, while we have that structure in the public buildings, we do have, I've actually received text messages from CVS and Walgreens saying, come and get your free shot and they have a structure for it. But even uh, no matter how you opt to get your shot here in Texas, they will automatically ask if you have insurance. So that insurance company will be charged as opposed to getting the freebie. But I had already been told you just have to say no insurance if you just want to an H O V lane yourself. So that's pretty much what people do. Uh-huh. Theta, so Theta, like,
1: they didn't ask yeah. me. They didn't ask me about insurance. And I got mine. Yes. Yeah, they just
3: they just marked they just marked mark that you don't have it, that's why. They didn't bother ask you. They just gonna mark that you said no and keep it keep it rolling. Now as far as uh, the biggest issue right now is false or um, fake ID cards that show you've had
0: yes your, that's yes. a big
3: issue. And that's for yes. people who want to travel, those who want to travel or those who want their employer to believe yes. that they're vaccinated. Since we do have a number of people who have lost their jobs, as you know, in Houston, they had what a hundred plus healthcare workers refused to get it,
2: the but it, it
3: yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I don't, I definitely don't understand. But that see, I can understand why it would be mandated because it becomes a workers' comp issue and the hospital itself is subjecting itself to That's the possibility right. of lawsuits mm-hmm. by individuals who came to be made whole and ended up being sicker than they were when they came
1: in.
0: Right. Right. And, and that's
1: what I don't get, the hospital piece. Why would the hospital want you to come in without
0: a mask? They don't have a the the
3: choice. They don't have a choice because they're a governmental entity. Yeah. And they're having to abide by um, whoever their board members are. So it it, it is political. And yeah, it that is those political, with the yes. money are dictating what they want to see happen. Right. So in the state of Texas, we know it really appears to be one political party who is trying to appease voters. And we know that Abbott has aspirations to become president. And so oh, he God. continues to align himself with Trump that so that Trump's supporters... And get uh, that's right. That's why he is pushing yeah the agenda. Now, I know that on the national news today, they were talking about Joe Biden, who had attempted to speak to group and it was like Nashville. It sounded like it was a country western group and I was waiting for that to come on and they were going to discuss how she was received because that certainly was a Trump group. So I can't imagine it went well but I don't know how that how that turned out. I'll have to read up on that.
0: Well I did see that sign that masks in this one area of Huntington Hospital were optional and I thought you people have lost your mind. I believe as Corliss, I'm going to wear a mask until there is a flag that says, no mask necessary. So I will be wearing masks. And and I'm not at all, at all afraid of a mask. I wear a mask on planes. I started wearing masks probably 10 years ago. So it ain't no big thing for me. I wear a mask when I fly. I don't care what's going on. And that started probably 10 years ago because that recycled air on an airplane is terrible. That recycled air is nasty. So I have always worn a mask and I have never cared what anybody said or how they looked at me or, or it, it just didn't bother me because I'm going to wear a mask on a plane. always, always. So wearing two masks now, I'm going to fly next week to Dallas. Wearing two masks now, that ain't no big thing.
1: Is this your first flight since COVID?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I think nice. you
1: drove to see your dad though, right? Yes. Okay, that mm-hmm. was in Arizona. So this is mm-hmm. your first. And, and just yeah. to let you know, every seat will be filled. Is there, They ain't doing oh, that. Oh, yes. Stuff, oh, no. yes.
0: Yes. Every seat will be filled. And you know, American is having issues today. And Air American is, they canceled 400 flights. Yes, they canceled 400 flights. And I just read that they were scrapping 950 flights in July. And they're saying it's because they're not able to get people back to work. They don't have enough people Mm -hmm. to get the airplanes ready to fly. That's the part that really scares me. I'm not concerned about the, the... Flight attendants, as much as I am about those doggone mechanics. Because if they are not there to get those planes ready, look, mm y'all. And I was on hold with American Airlines 12 hours on Monday, 13 hours on Tuesday. What did you do?
1: Did you just step away from the phone, clean the house, have meetings or what?
0: Listen, when you call, there's a recording that says you could be on hold for four hours, eight hours. So the recording that I got said that I was gonna be on hold for four hours. So they said, leave your number, we'll call you back. You won't lose your place in line, you'll be in the queue. That was at, on Monday, that was at 8.30. They didn't call me back until quarter to nine Monday night. And I said, are you guys kidding? So last night, wow. I started calling at seven something yesterday morning. I didn't get a call back until 10, must have been about 10, almost 1030. I said, you guys have really got to be kidding. So they, they, they lost me.
1: their customer service reps. Oh, Everybody's like, have, I'm coming yes, coming back. They yes, wow. they have. And the
0: woman, the woman that I got, a black woman in North Carolina, she was so chilly. I was going to offer her my blanket. She was so chilly. I just said, "Ooh wee, sister, take the day off," because wow. she was chilly. I thought, "Man, it's really tough out there." I said, "You've had a hard day, huh?" She wouldn't even answer. And I when said, um, oh. when American had its layoffs, you know, my
3: husband was with with uh, them as a a contractor for ten years, right? And in a nutshell. They had this massive layoff. They actually had three different segments of layoffs and they weren't prepared for the, prepared for the resurgence. Well, they gave the package, which weren't necessarily fabulous and they only had a skeleton crew. So those people got worked to death until they could find another job and then they left. So what you're looking at is people left and found another job. So there's no one who actually knows what to do. So they weren't prepared. And this has happened. The same thing has happened in, in real estate in several segments where they had shut down whether it was the mills or it was the factories that were supplying certain lighting fixtures they shut Mm -hmm. those down and they couldn't get them up as fast as the market returned and that's what you're looking at and i don't i don't know what the answer is i can't imagine it's going to be fixed anytime soon because people who left got other jobs right or decided that they liked not being there and they fully understand that if you come in you're going to be doing the work of four and five people.
0: Yeah. And people are now talking about getting this unemployment and they're getting more money per week than they'd be getting had they gone back to work. I heard that. So there are lots of people who have taken what's not really an option. They just decided not to go back to work because as long as they got a $600 check a week coming in, why would I go back to work? So this is a hotbed that nobody bargained for. So they don't know what to do. And American is not offering any excuses. They're not offering any excuses and they're not offering any apologies. And it is really, I'd like to say it's quite a shame because I was on hold 12 more than 12 hours the first day, more than 13 hours the second day. As far as I'm concerned, that's inexcusable. That's just inexcusable. And they don't offer any explanation or apology.
1: And that's interesting because that's the only airline that has been having issues.
0: So, I know it. So yeah, Delta sure. doesn't seem to have any issues. United you isn't having They any laid issues.
1: off some folks, you said they laid off some folks?
0: I don't think anybody has laid off any folks right now.
1: I thought I heard her say that American had laid no, this off.
0: No, was, this was some time ago.
1: Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah,
0: this was some time ago. Nobody's laying off anybody right now.
1: No, not right now, but I'm just wondering did they lay off folks last year?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And as a matter of fact, someone, told a girlfriend of mine who flies, who is a pilot for United, she'll be on, on with us next week. She said last year, everything was a ghost town. she said nobody was flying last year nobody she said the airports were ghost towns nobody was on planes remember the news reported that airplanes were in the boneyard they had so many airplanes that they had to move them away from the terminals because they didn't have anywhere to keep them right so at LAX they moved them way out into Arizona where the boneyard is and I think it was uh united and american moved their planes out to arizona that's where their boneyard is so
1: that was right right when everything was hitting and we were
0: yeah with and and
1: all that okay because some people were flying but it wasn't like it still was. no it was like one person to a a plane yeah
0: right it was like one person to a plane so and remember they canceled flights because they couldn't get any more than 10 people flying Right. So they were canceling flights last year. So they canceled thousands of flights last year because nobody was flying. That's when the entire country was on shutdown. And this resurgence, this getting back to normal, personally, I think it has not gone as planned. And I think that there should have been a more gradual, systemic way of opening the country, cities, right. states, counties, because you cannot tell people, yep, just go right ahead, business as usual, you try right. to do, that. We, you can't you do know, that.
1: Here in California, you know, we move to the different tiers, but as a nation, it should have been some, first of all, as a nation, we all should have been on the same page, number
0: one. Absolutely. Yes. That, that Absolutely. didn't
1: happen, but you're right. I think it should have been a gradual, okay, now we're going to start yeah. doing this. Okay, you guys go yeah. out to dinner and stuff. But the key piece was about those masks. Yeah. That's what's scary. Because at and least not, said, mean, we're back to normal, but wear your right. mask. I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be so, I'm still gonna wear mine, but I don't know why they thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know why they thought that not wearing a mask was the way to go. And then now this other piece, like you said. You know, so what is what is their way of knowing that you just say, yes, I'm vaccinated? You know, do they make you take out your card? Like,
0: yeah. yeah. You just but say, yeah, like, okay, go ahead.
1: And I'm like, right. oh.
0: Yeah, but the other thing is, remember there's a knucklehead, a real bonehead, a bozo that stole 2,000 cards. What are you gonna do with them? Sell them? You And you know what? The answer to that, the quick, fast, idiotic answer is yes. Somebody's gonna try to sell those cards
1: they should and have had it embossed. It. They should have had them embossed. I think that yes, yes. because I,
2: when
1: you, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and I went and got my purse, and I was like, I could have filled this out. There was nothing. Thank you. that anybody, there's no special handwriting. It was just like, nope. You know, like if it was me, that gave it a shot, it'd be like CPB six nineteen. Yep. Okay. CPB May May nineteen. So you took one in yep. May. Took, so there's nothing to show that that is really an accurate. Card, I have, you, it's I, authentic. I have to leave you when you show it to me. There's no, you're right, I, they should have had some kind of universal stamp, and so I okay. guess somebody would have stole the stamp. But either way, exactly. it, would slower, it would have been a slower way of doing it instead of buying. These there cards.
0: could be, there should be another way to create authenticity so that people can't steal them and they can't sell them. And they just like the two girls, those two young girls who. Dressed up like old women. Remember oh, yeah, that? that
1: was crazy.
0: Okay, remember that, Theta? Two young white girls dressed up like old. Oh women yeah, to go. They wanted out. the
1: vaccination.
0: Yeah, they wanted the vaccination. Right, and but you know, but, you know
3: if, if if you think about that, in the contrast between this is this is where we have a massive difference in education, but we have these Caucasian children who are doing that because they understand how important it is. And then we have our children who just aren't because they don't want to be bothered. Right. So, I mean, you know, the disconnect is, is disheartening.
0: It is. It really is. You know and what, then, if
1: anything, they should have come up with something that's similar to a driver's license. Yeah. So they take your picture, boom. And then, and, and we, you know, here's, the, here's your temporary car, but a week later, there's going to be, you know, vaccinated. Then it right. wouldn't be so hard, but that's yes. just, too much
0: like right so right and 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 to, for somebody to go in and steal yeah 2000 vaccination cards so i could have a stolen vaccination card i would never know because there's no identifying markers on those cards that state that this is authentic that this is the real deal there were injections given this is the real deal there's nothing about those they that are authentic they're generic at best yeah they're generic
2: really they
0: contracted surprised. with some yeah they contracted with some printing companies around the country to print them they print them in the office and they send them out to the vaccination site wrong again wrong that's not the way to do that and then they'll probably say we didn't have enough time yeah you did you created the vaccine in record time So come on, you couldn't create a card in record card, that record time that is authentic, that people would not be able to duplicate. It should have been like a passport. Right. It should have been like a passport. And they didn't do that. They did not do that. So it creates a a, a lot of of, um, uneasiness for those who are doing things right, who have to continue to live and to get through this. That it just, it, it creates an unnecessary discomfort. It just creates more discomfort. And everybody's trying to get through this. Nobody is on this planet alone. Nobody. So everybody's trying to get through this. And I, I they gave up everything last year. I really see that people are doubling up to do and to make up for lost time,
1: and so, and, and they're making up for lost money because everything has gone up. Yeah, everything. They were talking about on the news about with the traveling traveling um, that now the average uh, <clears throat> the average rental car is eighty dollars a day. What? Yeah, <laughs> they were talking about that. They were talking eighty dollars a day. They said that my like daughter just days.
0: told me that rental cars are ridiculous.
1: Yeah. $80 a yeah. day. Yeah, that's for a compact. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's 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 really bad. And everybody's making up for what they lost and I mean I can't blame them but like me like can we ease into it, you know? You know
0: what? And I do blame them. I do. And the reason I do is simply because you and the likes of you were not here dealing with this pandemic on your own. You're not by yourself. So what gives you the right to be that greedy and that selfish when there are lots of people who would love to have eight cents, let alone eighty dollars a day?
1: Well, see, they baked putting it on a the a fact
0: that on it's people. Open. Yeah, you're putting a hurting on people just because you think you got things to make up for? So do so does everybody else.
1: Well, you got to remember, it opened up, what's today? So it opened up last Tuesday. People have been, the they're just talking about how crazy it was this past weekend being a quote holiday, meaning Juneteenth, and that folks just wanted to get out and they didn't care. They were paying $80 mm. um, for a, you know, at the lowest rate, but things were up. And it's because everybody is just, has been so tired of been, being at home and being on lockdown that they paid it.
0: I think that's crazy. I think that's absolutely insane. But the, the other part of that is that people have not really and truly been on lockdown for an extended period. Because remember, uh people here in California just decided enough is enough. I'm going out. Okay. And that was last year. So the only thing that really lasted in terms of lockdown were schools.
1: Mm. That's the only thing
0: grocery stores didn't they've never been on lockdown
1: well, grocery stores was a i think a part of the, they the yeah essential Thank essential. You. essential essential workers essential yeah. okay
0: so those were essential go ahead Theta. yeah i was just
3: gonna say that as you know i'm in the dance community and they're back with a vision and events are booked weeks in advance which was never the case before i've never in what? all my years scene where an event a dance event was booked well in advance but they are now so when you talk about people anxious to get back in they're there and I see the pictures that are posted most people are not masked but there are some it looks like couples that are masked but you remember I talked about before how we had so many deaths in the dance community because that first weekend in March when everything was shut down like on a Friday we all got noticed that don't come to work on monday and on friday night my friends and i were scheduled to go out as usual and at that point i was like oh no if they're shutting everything down if all businesses are shut down then i'm not i'm not doing this and i, I hate to say it but if the caucasian population ain't going i'm definitely not going that's my cue <laughs> so i just got like, that was poor judgment on their part because i'm like you know i didn't want another situation where we're the last to know So I'm saying, we're just going to have to take a lead here. You know, follow the lead. If you you see everybody running, even if you don't know what's going on, run and figure it out later. So I was like, oh yeah, well, that was it. But both that Friday night and that Saturday night, any scheduled events, continued business as usual. And I know people who literally died and others who were seriously ill and had to be hospitalized. So, because once again, that was that I want to say it's like the 14th and 15th, but it was a Friday night and a Saturday night. And there are a number of, of black clubs that still kept doing their thing until until they couldn't. I mean, they were still rolling forward because they believed that it, it was um, it was some kind of rules, which I couldn't understand. Once again, if you just think in terms of economics, then one should know people don't stop the money from the big boys. Yeah, That's a serious business. So, I mean, we got to start, and I, I get the conspiracy theories and all that, but at the end of the day, how does anyone make money if everything shut down?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? I had a theory earlier because we were talking about what people are doing now and what they should have done before. And now people are gouging everything. They're just gouging and they are just coming in and they're taking over everything, and they just want to get what they think they lost. And in terms yeah, well, of what they think they lost, wait a minute, you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself at all. So if you lost, so did the neighbor next door. So did the man across the street. So did the one right. The right, so the one right. behind you. Every Nobody's on this planet alone. So everybody has something to gain and to gather. And when you do that, when you take away and you gouge people and you show that there's no humanity, it always backfires on the masses, always. So, gas prices—gas is five dollars and something here in California.
1: Yeah, it's, it's four. I know up the street here it's four fifty-nine.
0: Yeah, and and he, here in Pasadena, Arcadia, gas is five oh nine. Ooh, yes, four ninety-five. Are you kidding me? Really? Who's buying that stuff? That's crazy. And then the the cost of living, the real estate here. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. One of my extended family members, she's buying a house. 600,000. 1,600 square feet in Canoga Park, Winnetka. 1,600 square feet. Three bedrooms. Now, let's go one further. Let's go a little ways down the street. In Houston, 4,000 square feet, four bedrooms, three bathrooms, a pool, beautiful, beautiful chef gourmet kitchen, great room, two-story, plenty yard, acreage, 325,000. Stay in California for what reason? That's a thing for a different day. I'm so glad that we've got Professor Amos Jones on. Thank you for joining us, Professor, with our host, Corliss Bennett and Theta Redwine. Professor is here to talk to us about the issues that are surrounding a case that he is involved in and a case that he is close to. Professor, we're going to give you the floor. It's dark where you are. You're on mute the song goes. You're on
2: mute. There we go. There now, we go. good to see you. The sun has set uh, in the east. It's where it dusk, and it's the days are getting a teeny, teeny bit shorter, but there's still yes. long days. Mm-hmm. The sun is up at 5.30 a.m., and it's still a little bit out there at the moment, but it's dark, um, and I'm here to talk for a little bit about the Nicole Hannah-Jones. Uh, yes. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. She has been slurred by the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill trustees. Um, this, she's the wonderful uh, journalist who's an alumna of that school, the, the master's program. In fact, she got her undergraduate in Notre Dame in Indiana. And she has uh, found That's her, her.
0: Yeah, Nicole Hannigan. She
2: Jones. was the mm-hmm. 1619 Project author, Pulitzer Prize winner, MacArthur Genius Award, Uh, An eminent uh, journalist and someone I believe is probably getting offered tenure at all kinds of journalism schools, including my alma mater, Columbia University Journalism School. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not making overtures to her. They should be because the trustees at Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill, uh, have declined to vote on her tenure application attendant to her recruitment where she was recruited to be a tenured professor And the entire school administration is in favor of that. But trustees don't like that she talked truthfully about American history with regard to Black people. So for that, she's relegated to a five-year contract. And her lawyers have now made very clear that is not acceptable. That's a breach of contract, in fact, and that probably a fraudulent inducement. And now we're learning from internal whistleblowers on the board of trustees that they have um, stymied her through other means that might violate public laws there in North Carolina for public institutions and and, uh, conduct. So um, it's really interesting how very wealthy donors who don't know a darn thing about very much, but where they made their money in so many cases, but they're thought to be omniscient how they can shut down an outstanding black person. But after all, isn't that all that's gone on in America for all these years, mm-hmm. where inferior white people beat down superior black people and then call you crazy for demanding half of what they get for being half qualified when you're twice as qualified, which brings me to the North Carolina culture. This is near and dear to me because I happen to have my own lawsuit that's been going since the EEOC released it for me to file suit in 2017 against a law school against a university in the same metropolitan area. I have been going against Campbell University, which has no tenured black law professors at all, zero, and has all kinds of white professors with with zero qualifications with regard to uh, key categories of fitness to be a law professor who went to Campbell Law School, which is frequently unranked and unknown. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I taught there for six years, was unanimously promoted to associate professor, but my tenure applications got tabled twice. And so I sued them and we're still in court and they're fighting to keep it white. So I understand how they give tenure to every Tom, Dick and Harry white person like Nicole hannah Jones's previous night chair, white predecessors. But a black person comes along and all of a sudden um, everything changes and people just start to lie. So she needs to be paid for uh, their breaches, and I hope that she is. But watch out, because there's a long apparatus that we're about to expose in North Carolina with a whole lot of hateful conduct going all the way back to the Wilmington Coup of 1898. And we're exposing that in the next little while. Um, we,
1: we, we can't just move forward huh we, we 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 yes I mean I just Kenny just showed us all of her accolades and I'm trying to read them quick and I'm yeah, just like exactly she's got like, more can what like, right now like I mean we we do what we're supposed and to do
0: won't, they won't give her
1: <laughs> so we do what we're supposed to do as the talented 10th by getting our education moving you know getting all these accolades and we're still not accepting and so, so basically they don't have an excuse as to why, right? They So it's like, they can't even make up a reason why they won't give her tenure. They're just not giving it to her. Is that what I'm hearing you say? She's
2: literally one of the, by far actually she's one of the greatest journalists alive because very few journalists win a MacArthur award. Um, so um, she is on point. And so um, I just hope that the groundswell of support for her bears fruit. But, you know, we have to be careful, though. One positive thing about Nicole hannah Jones's circumstance is that she has the backing of the entire white establishment at that school. But as black people, we have to be careful to stand for the people like Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, who did not have the backing of the white majority establishment when they shot him in the face off of the balcony, which they did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have to be careful not to wait for a white validation and to be able to independently evaluate people's fitness ourselves and determine who's worthy. Because I was the, the golden boy, unanimously promoted person. And when they first dissed me at the no name unranked law school where I taught, they had me, uh, I was away as a visitor to the faculty of law at Oxford in England. And that was the first betrayal. And I guess I was the uppity Negro. So they decided I wouldn't get to even though Three deans in a row had begged me to apply for tenure a year early because I was really qualified for tenure the day I arrived by their own standards. So they did all of that, but they let white people who went to Campbell Law School and hadn't written anything and hadn't spoken anywhere because they don't have anything to say, they don't have any ideas, and they got tenure and I didn't the following year. So that's the way they worked this. But what happened was, because of intimidation and retaliation, when I filed my civil rights charges, the president of the university... And then the dean, and back-to-back email blasts, trash my civil rights complaint, and they were under a federal investigation at that time by the EEOC. So what's interesting is that has the intended chilling retaliatory effect. So what happens? All the white people and everybody else folds in, the scared poor Negroes, they're scared and poor. They don't want to cross. See, the dean used to be a federal judge there and worked in that courthouse for five decades. That's here in his case. And the magistrate judge is a 2005 graduate of Campbell Law School. And the and the judge in the case is listed as a Jesse Helms protege, just like Campbell University's defense attorney, wow. who's probably this Thomas Farr, who was so bad that the white Republican Congress would not allow him to become a federal judge on the court whereby case is. So they're probably gonna hire him to go against Nicole Hannah Jones. But the difference is because of the white intimidating Ku Klux Klan like attitudes and conduct that we've challenged in my lawsuit, it's scared any there's there's not loud public support. There's nobody opposing me. But the fact is the chilling white supremacy and the heavy hand of just outright violence, you know, we have to sue the white law firm in a new lawsuit in the Federal District of Columbia Court uh, because of uh, violating a criminal statute uh, trying to uh, interfere with my medical care. Um, so it's And that made national news. That was on Your Black World last week. So, so I just want us to be careful that we don't wait for white establishment people to validate people before we understand they're being distant. If we had done that, then we would have never had an Angela Davis. We would have never had uh, a Martin Luther King we would have never had an Al Sharpton when he was useful for us largely so we have to really do our own thinking
3: yeah Yolanda I'd like to make a comment and uh, ask a go question right ahead. please
0: go right ahead uh, hang on a
1: second we've got some crosstalk coming I don't know if somebody's listening to two to sources is it a TV in the background or something
0: I don't hear anything now
1: okay it's gone okay go ahead Theta. Peter you're
3: on mute. Lita, go ahead. Yeah. There we go. Okay. We go. So, yeah, I just wanted to um, make a comment and ask a question. And um, I have been following the case. And, um, yeah, I I was just as appalled as, uh, as you all are. I have a cousin who's a PhD who taught at Duke. And she was teaching African-American studies. And the challenge she had, she didn't get tenure. And one of the reasons is she said because she was one of very few minorities that they put you on every committee they have so that they can appear to have some diversity on those committees. And the amount of time required, and you don't get extra pay for that, is a, a, major, uh, a major setback. The other is we do know that when we have um, minorities in education at the level that we're talking with, these two professionals that in order to even get to the point where they are they have to have significantly more research more study uh, more background so they generally come in later and that when they come in later they often give them those duties that are um, less uh, acknowledged that take more time and that get less um, for lack of a better word i'm going to say respect uh, which means it's harder to actually bring to the table those credentials which they use to justify tenure so that's my first question is do you see it that way or, or have you experienced something differently from
2: what uh, I've been told yes no it it, it I, I the only part of that I would disagree with is that people come in later no um what I found is that blacks present especially in the legal academy with the same or better credentials, and they don't get offers. It's just straight racism. It's You can have what we call comparators who are white. For example, um, at the white law school where I taught, they did hire people who were not tenured, who were black, to be professors after I was there. But they always have two Ivy League degrees, but yet the white people went to Campbell Law School, which nobody's ever heard of. So you have these black people from Harvard Law School in Penn who are at one of these huge yeah. prestigious international law firms in Washington and New York and Los Angeles.
3: Yeah.
2: And then you have these white people from the country who haven't done anything and can't do anything, don't know anything, can't even figure out what to write. And they get all the advantages. They get passed through. So it's actually more brazen. I am an employment discrimination attorney. So oh, wow. I, it's my job to look at people's credentials and how they're treated in the workplace from the time they apply through the time that they retire or are dismissed or quit. Or sue, or all of the above. And I'm telling you, it's not even just, dis- wow. but what is interesting is what they never let go on TV to talk about any of this is an actual black person who actually questions white people under oath about what they're doing, stealing the black people's money at workplaces. That's me. Like, in a, like they never bring on a discrimination like person who actually forces whites to pay back what they stole because they don't want you to actually know that that narrative you just gave, it's even worse. The have hasn't even been told. And then what judges do in court is they try to throw the case out and they don't even want you to have one hearing because they know that it'll be exposed, what they do, to keep it going. The courts are an essential backstop in the apparatus. And these companies rely on the courts who are full of, in the federal system, these are um, patronage jobs. Let's be That's honest. I, they're, they're judges, federal judges, are government workers too. Let's not forget patronage right. jobs. They're very political people. So, and then they have these clerks who uh, get bonuses when they leave to go into a firm because they get paid. They'll get paid extra money because they went to the why? Because they know the judge are friends. They can make things happen that are not consistent with the law, and nobody will pay attention. And everybody's afraid to talk about the judges, but me. So, uh, and I say, but me. I have a national yeah. practice. I in the District of Columbia. I will rarely go before the same judge twice in my life. Somebody has to tell the truth about this. And that's what I talked about at the Tulsa Law Review Symposium four weeks ago for Greenwood. Oh, I talked about court reform. That's it's not the Supreme Court. That's another stupid half thing. Black people aren't gonna make it to the court. They're never gonna hear you anyway, unless you're mm-hmm. a black person representing rich white interests. No. Mm-hmm. It's the, the trial courts where all this devilment is being done. That's where mass incarceration was carried out.
0: Wow.
3: I, see, I-, I have another um, observation and, and question, and that is back in the 90s, I had a, um, a legal situation that involved 75% of the Black underwriters at Cigna Corporation. Long story short, we filed with the EOC. They filed for cause. However, that was during the Reagan administration, so there was no support available unless you could afford to hire an attorney, which pretty much killed us. I actually depleted my um, my money, my retirement to pay for an attorney. Now, what options are available at this point since the Republicans successfully removed the ability to fight? So how are you handling, you know? Outside of you just pretty much doing your own work? Because that seems to, yeah, to I mean, be one of the EEOC,
2: good question. The I I use the EEOC for their investigative powers, but they don't even share exhibits to the to the employer's statement. We got a document where the tenure and promotion chair admitted by transitivity, which is a logical syllogistic point, that Campbell Law School racially discriminates. He wrote that in an affidavit. And the EEOC didn't turn that over to me. We had to get that in discovery during my case. So what are they really doing at the EEOC? They're just a holding That's pack. my question. And and yeah, it's that way. So, you know, you have to go there if you're going to file a federal charge under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. But I get out of there very quickly because they're all white together and the black people are just there buffooning and cooning. They've getting their check most of them. They aren't doing anything. I haven't found one who's worth anything. And I'm saying, yeah, we're we're lines across the country I know what I'm talking about right fact, that does
3: explain I, know, a lot I, that
2: she- I, have, I have a rap sheet on the EEOC I've written with examples oh, okay. it's, all, it's just true this is just straight truth you're uh, right
3: yeah because that was I mean, because there
2: were- too it doesn't matter that it was Reagan the same with obama i think same thing okay because
3: because in our our case there was 14 of us involved they found four cause but we had nowhere we could go because you had to hiring attorney, and I, the only attorneys who knew anything about or claimed to have known labeled relations was white, and he just couldn't wrap his head around what was going on, so right. I was just wondering how, I guess it's just because of your about, background.
2: I have a theory, I know that you're talking about an uh, employment discrimination case, but I believe that that insurance companies completely discriminate in the way that they pay claims and the way they pay settlements and that black people are totally devalued. And I've been working my hands on some people who are privy and who will talk just privately because I really believe from what I've seen, insurance companies pay out these settlements. And I know that white people are getting way more faster in every kind of settlement imaginable. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was actually a master underwriter
3: with, um, I.T. Harvard, and Cigna. And that's what was, that's the, exactly, you're exactly right. I can
0: definitely attest to that. Yeah. A- absolutely. And, and I, that's
2: only consistent with the way everything else is set up in our country.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I know the brilliant. case also where someone got $800,000 and they sued the person who was violated, but the criminal got $800,000. So the case, the cases that are in court are backwards and yeah. they are racist and nobody's doing anything about it and that my friends will have to be on another show we are just past the top of the hour and uh, Professor Anus, please come back
2: thank you for having me
0: absolutely we are not finished we're not finished and uh, Theta and Corliss and Kenny Hendricks and I we want you to come back so uh, let's keep this going. We've got to keep this topic going. We cannot stop this. And I have said it before. I'll say it again. I'm so excited to hear you talk. You have such passion, and I love it. Thank I absolutely love it. So uh, let's check our schedules and let's match up. You're on the east coast. I'm on the west coast. So we'll be central. So let's match up our schedules, our calendars, and bring you back, because this is fascinating to me. And this is simply about changing the narrative in the community. You can help us get there. Thank you. Thank you very much for being with us this afternoon. We had a good time with the few minutes that you were here, but we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again, and we're going to give you a full hour to talk. (laughs) So folks, have a good night. Thank you for joining us. It is a hump day. Tomorrow is another day. Be good to yourself. And remember, this is where we talk to you, for you, with you, and about you. And it is all good. Right here on ITRNradio.com. Intentional talk we do. Have a good night. Be safe.